Hello, hello. This is Level Bit number eight. I'm Emily Reese, the host of Level. Today, I'm going to talk to you about melismatic music. Sort of. Uh, So this is going to be a little bit of a lesson today. And I don't mean like, I'm going to teach you a lesson. I just mean, I wrote out this whole thing. And I'm going to read it to you and play you musical examples. So, uh, melisma, melisma, M-E-L-I-S-M-A, melisma. It applies to vocal music, uh, but I'll eventually be sharing with you an example of instrumental music that simulates the effect of melismatic vocal music. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a style of music called organum that developed out of or maybe was really perfected by composers at the Cathedral of uh, Notre Dame in Paris in the 1100s. So yeah, we're going there. We're going to the 12th century right now. So we're going to talk about music in the 1100s for just a moment. And this is, again, this is like a crash course. It's going to be rife with generalizations. So keep that in mind as I ramble for just a second. So in the 1100s, I love how this totally has to do with a video game, too, by the way. In the 1100s, harmony did not at all sound like it sounds today. We don't call that tonal music in the 12th century. It's considered modal music, and the term modal refers to the usage of church modes. And church modes are scales that have special names. So modal music is very different than tonal music, like what we're accustomed to in the West from about uh, the year 1600 till the present, for the most part, tonal music has uh, ruled uh, Western culture. Tonal music wasn't around in, in you know, the 1100s. Uh, modal music was. So harmony is different in the 1100s. The rules of how music can sound are like mind-blowingly strict because, you know, music is sacred. Music is for the church. The church has rules. Things must be performed in specific ways in order to remain holy and the like. Harsh overgeneralization again, but you get the idea. Uh, But at least there is harmony. So even though it's different then, there is harmony. Because for centuries before that, there was no harmony. It, It was just monophonic music, which means that monks sat around and they all sang the same notes and words at the same time, all in unison. No one like branched out to add some sweet bass line or any upper harmony. It just was not done. So when that did happen, and composers started experimenting with how to do that and get away with it without getting in trouble from the church. And that is an incredibly compelling reason that it took music centuries to change in the first place, by the way. Uh, so when harmony did happen, it sounded a lot like this. That's by Periton, who was a composer in the 1100s at the Cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris. There's a lot going on there, musically speaking. One thing that's happening in there is something called a melisma. 
So a melisma means that uh, you're holding a syllable of a word and singing lots of notes on that one syllable. You hear it all the time in all kinds of music, especially pop music now. Uh, well, not now, now. I mean, just for the last many decades of pop music, uh, you hear it. And so uh, let's let's hear an example. Let's just hear a little bit of this periton again, where you can hear that the the moving lines are just holding a syllable. They're not singing words on each note they're changing. Okay, so hear the periton again. Then we'll hear an example from pop music that might uh, clear things up too if it's still weird to kind of grasp the concept. So anyway, here's periton again. just so fun to put these two tracks uh, side by side. So here's a really good example of uh, melismatic singing. And again, we could pretty much just put on almost any pop song, country song uh, from the last 40 years or more and hear melismatic singing all over the place. So uh, but I just, this is a good example of it. Here, here you go. You need me. Ooh, you need me. So she's saying, you needed me, but she's using, how many syllables is that? You needed me. That's four syllables. She's singing way more than four notes to say those four syllables, right? She's singing loads of notes on each one of those syllables. You needed me. You needed me. You needed me. And I mean, the whole track is, and a lot of pop music, again, there are just thousands of tunes that I could be using right now. Uh, but this is, it's just easy to hear her go back and forth between singing a word on each note and singing a syllable on a word, or of a word, rather, singing a syllable of a word with multiple notes. So, yeah, thanks, Rihanna. But baby, who you need me? Let's listen to that periton again for a moment before we go to this video game tune. I swear to God we're going to get there. You can hear there's a voice at the bottom that's kind of just hanging out uh, at the bottom, like a bass male voice singing, kind of like in a drone way, and that there are the three voices on top of that that are really uh, singing the melismas. And this is a chant, by the way, called Vide Runt Omnes by Periton. So here you go. Listen for that bottom voice uh, that's just kind of droning out. Mm -hmm. 
So music like this can be simulated, of course, with instruments, even though instrumentalists aren't using words. <laughs> but it does rely on establishing a few things, like that bass line and the fact that there are voices on top that are way more active than the bass line in a lot of cases. So check this out. That's a track from Skyrim called Imperial Throne, and it's it's always been one of my favorites by Jeremy Soule, of course. Uh, and that's why. I love how it's this simulation of old polyphonic melismatic chant from the era of Notre Dame in Paris in the 1100s. Not so much in its harmonic structure. This is a bit too tonal to really represent that era, but I still just love this... Uh, kind of facade of old music that's presented here. Anyhow, uh, that's what I woke up with in my head today. <sighs> it got me thinking about chant and polyphonic music, so... Uh, there you have it. It's a rewarding, if not kind of overwhelming, rat hole to descend into if you're ever inclined to do so. And I, I mean, I, there's a lot more to it than, than what we've talked about here. But thank you for listening to Level Bit number eight. I'm Emily Reese. You can catch a full episode of Level next week on, uh, that would be July 11th. Our guest is film, TV, and game composer Bear McCreary. Looking forward to sharing that with you. And a quick announcement about a new project we're rolling out on Wednesday, July 17th. It's a new podcast called Scores and Pours, all about classical music and wine and other alcoholic beverages, cocktails, beers, the like. Uh, my co-host is my good friend. She's a sommelier, so she's a wine and beverages expert. Her name is Jill Mott. And you can check out our Instagram at scoresandpours, which is all one word. And our content will be free on Patreon, just like Level is. And we really hope you check it out. Level's not going anywhere. This is another project that has been incredibly fulfilling to work on um, with Jill. And we've had a lot of fun. We've recorded more than a dozen episodes already. So we'll just be... Rolling those out slowly starting July 17th. We really hope you'll check it out. Scores and pours. <laughs> you can learn more about Level at patreon.com slash level and levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level Bits are a production of June Media.